0: Brother Shane's parents, Patrick and Sheila. Did I get them right here? All right, raise your hand. All right, we're going to baptize your son here after service, and then uh, and then Sister Sarah's mother and sister. I do believe. Is that correct? Did I get it right? All right, Angela, Angelina, and uh, and Sarah. That's right. Mom and daughter are named the, the same. Imagine that. But we're, we are so glad to have them with us here. Yes, and yes, my good friend Rusty, the second time all the way from Texas. And just to let you know, his, his profession is he, he uh, trailers cars, right? So he brought my new Audi all the way from Texas and parked next door. <laughs> So I'll pick that up a little bit later, Rusty. Thank you. I'll check for dents and scratches, though. Okay? (laughs) But good to have him here. Hallelujah. And please, I hope you're not going to be in a big hurry after service. We are going to baptize Brother Shane. And I would like to just say to Sarah and Shane that it has been a real privilege to be invited into your home the last three weeks and to share with you amen the, the word of the lord yes. we're very thankful for that and you have been such great great uh, hosts and you've treated me so kind and we appreciate that very much and this uh this couple has a great testimony and and uh, Shane uh, in the future we're hoping that he'll be able to share his testimony with you but the lord has got great things in store yes. amen. Amen. great things in And we are, uh, there will be prayer meeting at 5.30 to 6.30 here this evening. Now, I don't know who is going to show up and who isn't, but let me just uh, uh, encourage you. If you're here for prayer meeting and possibly there's nobody here to lead, guess what you do? Just pray. You just pray. That's all. That's what it is. So we encourage you to be here. I think I'm going to be here, but I'm not uh, 100% positive. As I was uh joining uh, with you in worship here i I thought of something that i 'd like to share with you and how many teenagers are in the house all right the uh, The young lady that plays the organ here, I know her quite well but when i uh, when we were first uh, uh, in the church and Sister Kathleen and I got married. She was uh, barely 18. I was an old man at 22. Wow. Oh, boy. But because of my relationship with her, I got to go on tour a couple of times with a singing, preaching evangelistic group. Wonderful. They were called the Inspirations of Pentecost. Amen. And if we had Sister Hanson here today, you would have three of what? The four or the five? Seven, six, wow. Oh, they don't remember, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if Sister Hanson was here, you would have three of them, and I listen. They were all teenagers, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and in fact, Brother Steve could probably correct me if I'm wrong, but. The three preachers, they would sing and of course, guess what songs they sang back then? Lanny Wolf. Oh yeah, Lanny Wolf all the way, <laughs> right? But And they would preach. And they would preach. And there was Brother Jim Bryant, Brother Steve Clementson, and uh, Brother Nathan Hurst. And I believe that all three of them got their minister's license when they were 16. When they were 16... And they were on tour as teenagers. And so, don't ever think that you're too young. And don't ever think that you're too old.
1: Uh,
0: I'll never get to the singing part, okay? And I can kind of scratch the surface on teaching and preaching. But I want you to know, if young people, God's got a plan for oh, you. Yes. He's got a plan for you. Yes. You never know what He's going to do in your life Amen. until Amen. you open that door yes. and let Him in. Yes. And that's what Brother, Ru- Brother uh, Rush is going to do here. Brother Shane's going to do here today as we baptize Him in Jesus' name. Amen. But right now we're going to have Brother Jason come. Amen. And uh, Amen. We have, we've asked him to come. and. He's going to speak to us this morning, but he's also going to, I guess we're kind of the beginning of his deputation, okay? And so uh, he's going to share with you his burden, their burden, and uh, their, uh, their vision for what God has called them to do in the nation of Japan. So, And he can even speak Japanese. So, Brother uh, Jason, come. If you want to preach in Japanese, that's fine with me, but, uh, amen, come and share your burden with us this
2: morning. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Pastor Knowles, for the privilege to get to speak here again at T.O.P. Uh, I really, uh, I'm so excited to get to start out really here at home, which home hasn't been home for very long, but. It is home now, and that's right here. And, and I really love this church. I love the way that it's, there's just such an atmosphere of love, and, and, and uh, there's a welcoming uh, spirit here. And I, I, I know that for me, uh, the reason why this church was so welcoming had uh, something to do with the reason why I came.
1: <laughs>
2: Corey. But I, I've seen since I've been here that I'm not the only one who has extended that that uh, love and kindness and it's everybody yes, and I, I really love that about this church here yeah. amen uh, I do speak Japanese so amen. and Corey might have understood that a little bit no she didn't okay <laughs> I said hi my name is Jason Lucas and uh, yes it's nice to meet you and so it's a, a privilege to get to be here today. Today is a very special day. I don't know if you realize that or not, but today is a very special day. Uh, most of you know that I uh, will be getting married here in, in a few weeks. <laughs> 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 it's, it's time, you know, a, a couple uh, months ago, I said, or uh, about a month ago, I said, we, we, have, we still have two months, we're doing fine. And I yeah. said, Jason, it isn't two months. It's a month and a half. And I, oh, oh we've got a lot to do. But thankfully, the Lord's helping me manage stress a bit better than Corey is. But
1: <laughs>
2: personalities and all that. And I'm really looking forward to the day that I get married. But it's probably not even going to be in the top three best days in my life. And how could you say that? Because the top three best days of my life are the day I repented of my sins. And God's forgiveness for my sins was applied to my life. The second, well the top three are all really equal, aren't they? But (laughs) then the next one is the day I was baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And my sins were washed away as if I had never sinned before. And the third best day. Tied for first place is the day that I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God filled me with his spirit. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I was freed from those chains, the bondage of sin. And God made me a new creature Amen. that wasn't subject yes, right. to the law of sin.
1: Hallelujah.
2: Oh, yes. And I, I always tell Corey, you know, I love you more than anybody. Well, except for God, but that doesn't count because that's a different category. And so the best days of my life, it's a little bit of a different category. So I'm sure my wedding day will be the best day of my life, excluding those God experiences because those are always the greatest things that could ever happen to us. Amen. 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 Baptism is one of the most wonderful things that can ever happen to us. The Bible tells us, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. And it goes on to list some of those sins that all of us have probably committed at some time or another. But it goes on and says, and such were some of you. You see, we were all unrighteous. It says, but you are washed, you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. Hallelujah. Amen. A few weeks ago we celebrated Easter, but this is why we celebrate Easter, because on the cross, and when Jesus was buried and when he was resurrected, he made a way for us to be washed. He made a way for us to be sanctified. He made a way for us to be justified. Hallelujah. A new creature, a new creation. Amen. And I'm excited about it. I don't know if you can tell or not, but this is me excited. Amen. Uh, I am here. This is not really part of my message, but I'm just excited, so I had to share that. But I I have uh, asked the media team, the lovely Ryan and Janelle, for today. They're the media team for today. I've given them some pictures, and and I want to just kind of show you a little bit of what Japan looks like. Oh, I was saving that one for last, but that's all right. That's a good place to start. You can see the beautiful cherry blossoms. This is about (laughs) two blocks from where my parents live. Uh, cherry blossoms are everywhere in Japan, and, and they've just finished blooming. But when they're in bloom, the entire country is just this beautiful hue of light pink. And, and uh, I do love the cherry blossoms, but I like the bottom half of that picture also. I'm sorry if you want to run back real quick. That is a Nissan GTR. 475 horsepower, because that's the first generation. it cost Costs about $80,000 brand new. They cost more now because they're faster. And uh, it is a Japanese sports car and i will never get to drive one probably i'm not saying that in faith I'm, I'm saying that begrudgingly because it's probably true but you can go to the next picture i just want you all to see a little bit of what japan looks like ah there we go look look at that so this is downtown tokyo uh japan even in the more urbanized areas, which Tokyo, I don't know if you may know this or not, but it is the largest metropolitan area in the world. In this one city, in this metropolitan area, there are 40 million people. 40 million people. That's as much as New York and LA put together. I think it's actually more than that. Put together in one city. The entire land, uh, uh, land of Japan, is about the same size as California. And so if you took half the population of the U.S. and crammed, all, crammed them all in, in, uh, in the space of California, and then right down the middle, you put uh, something like the Cascades running right down the middle of Japan, uh, that would be kind of like what the terrain of Japan is like. We have what's called the Japan Alps, and two-thirds of the land nobody can live on. And so where there are people, there are a lot of them. And uh, but they still have a lot of nature, even in the downtown areas. You can see, I believe, this is a uh, this is I'm not that's not the moat, but it's a, it's a lake or something. And then there's cherry blossoms and people on boats. This is a, a picture I took, I thought it was a beautiful tree. This is right in front of the city, uh, city auditorium, and you see cherry blossom trees everywhere. Uh, next picture, this is a picture very close to where my parents live. And uh, again, cherry blossom trees. Because what else do we have? No, I'm just kidding, we have a lot of other things, but. <laughs> this is a park directly in front of my parents' house. And I intentionally went with pictures that I mostly took just to show you that beauty in Japan is everywhere. And these are just some little bushes that are in the park, just in bloom and, and uh, yes. Actually, this area right here We had a typhoon that came through about uh, two years ago, and most of this was underwater. And, uh, like, deep underwater. But, yeah, it looks beautiful now. It's just, again, the same park. Some flowers that are, uh, tulips, tulips that are blooming. And Japan is very green and very, oh, this is a picture I like. This, believe it or not, is the city dump. (laughs) Yes, you can see the building in the back. That's the city uh, waste incinerator. This is the church's truck. I was telling Brother Kelly about that yesterday. This is the church's truck. And we had just taken a, a big load of stuff to the, to the dump. And I just couldn't pass up taking a picture of the beautiful flowers at the city dump. And uh, so I, I drove inside. You drive in the building to unload everything. And at first I was shocked. I thought, did I come to the right place? It doesn't even smell bad in here. And they just take such good care of everything in Japan that that's the city dump. So it's a pleasurable experience going to the city dump. <laughs> you have any more pictures? OK. All right. We can. I'll talk about this later. <laughs> Amen. If we could all turn in our Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 10. And we're going to be reading verse 15 uh, 14 and 15. Romans chapter 10, verse 14 and 15. The Bible says, how then? Actually, let's all read it together, if you don't mind. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. As we're sitting, why don't we just worship the Lord together one more time? Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you, God. We thank you that your presence is here in this place. Lord, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. Convict us of your will, God. Give us the courage to obey your, your will, Lord, and your gospel today. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Amen. It says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. I want everybody to turn to your neighbor and look at them and say, God wants you to have beautiful feet. Thank you, Eason. Uh, thank you. Amen. God wants you to have beautiful feet. As I mentioned a little while ago, a few weeks ago, we celebrated Easter. Easter is where we celebrate the fact that Jesus took the punishment for my sins and your sins and was nailed to a cross. We celebrated the fact that even though Jesus was buried, he didn't stay in there. And three days after he was buried, he resurrected and is alive Today, right. Just right. before he was crucified at the Last Supper. And of course, that's a famous painting that we probably can all recognize with Jesus sitting in, in the middle. And uh, someone once said, you know, like when they made the reservations for that table, they must have asked him, well, how many people are coming? Well, well we want a table for 24, but we all want to sit on the same side. So, so they're all facing the painter and... That's not how it actually looked, but but when Jesus was at the Last Supper, Jesus gave them a new commandment. Right. You see, Jesus had given many commandments throughout his ministry, but this was a new one. He told them to love one another, and then he went on to the cross to demonstrate just what it would look like for us to obey that commandment. One person counted The commandments that Jesus gave throughout his earthly life and found them to be 49 commandments. His first commandment to people was to repent, to turn around from the sin and the direction that they were heading in and to give their lives to God. He went on to command, follow me. He gave the commandment to rejoice, to let your light shine, to honor God's law, to be reconciled, to not lust. To keep your word. To go the second mile when someone is asking you to do something you don't want to do. To love your enemies. To be perfect. To practice secret disciplines. To lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where they really matter. To seek God's kingdom. To not judge. To not cast their pearls before swine. To ask, seek, and knock on the door of heaven for those things that we need. To do unto others as we would have them to do unto us. To choose the narrow way. To beware of false prophets. And if one person's saying one thing and another person's saying another thing, somebody's got to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Jesus said, beware of false prophets. He said to pray for laborers that God would send forth laborers into the field. He commanded them to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Mm -hmm. He commanded them to fear not. He commanded them to hear and to listen for God's voice. He commanded them to take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He commanded them to honor their parents, to beware of leaven, that spiritual leaven. He commanded them to deny yourself, take up your cross and to follow me. He commanded them, despise not little ones. He commanded them to go to people who have offended you and to seek reconciliation. He commanded them to beware of covetousness. He commanded them to forgive others who had done things to offend them. He commanded them to honor marriage. He commanded them to be a servant. He commanded them that they would make themselves and their hearts a house of prayer. He commanded them many things. But his command to love was not his last commandment. All right, come on. You see, even when Jesus resurrected, he still had some more commandments for them. All right. He commanded Peter to feed his sheep. Yeah. He commanded them to go forth and baptize and make disciples. Alleluia. Jesus had spent three years in his ministry here on earth where he taught. Encouraged. And of course, as we just read, he gave commandments. And finally, Jesus came to the point where he had taught everything that he had to teach here on earth. And at the end of it, after his resurrection, after Jesus had spent 40 more days with his disciples, he had one commandment left. The last commandment. After he had given all of the other commandments, the last thing he instructed them was to go. Right. Come on. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 through 20, it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Amen. Why did Jesus end his time on earth with this commandment? Why was the last thing that he said to them, go? Because it wasn't God's will for them. After having received the truth, after having received hope, faith, the blessing of God. For them to just sit there where they were at Come on. and to keep it to themselves. It wasn't God's will right. that they take what they had been given and keep it. But it was his will for them to take it with them right. everywhere that they would go. To tell anyone else who would listen about what they had been given amen, amen. and about what they could have to. You know, it takes someone to tell people. For them to know. Yeah. I want us to think back right now about how we first heard the gospel. Yeah. Come on. For me, the first time I heard the gospel, I was probably just a few days old. <laughs> because I was born to missionaries. My parents are, are missionaries in Japan and they have been for 30. Uh, <laughs> my brother's 36. So, wow, he's 36. So they've been there for 37 years. Wow. So I was born in Japan. And so it may look like, well, he's just going home. When he goes to Japan, he's just going home. But I have two older brothers that didn't go back to Japan. And one is in Ohio pastoring a church and the other is in Texas, the good state of Texas, pastoring a church. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. But when I was in Bible school, I felt the call of God begin to work on my life and begin to work in my heart. And begin to call me back to the land of Japan. Because there are so many people who have never even had the opportunity to hear about this beautiful thing that God has given to us. Yeah. Amen. How can they believe if they've never even heard? How did you believe on the gospel? I highly doubt that you were just sitting at home one day in your chair and you were sitting there doing nothing and bam, God just dropped the gospel on you. For most of us, if if you're a first generation Pentecostal, it took someone telling you. And even for me growing up in church, it took someone telling me and preaching the gospel to me for me to say, hey, I believe that. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for me. I believe that there is a heaven. How could you believe if you never heard? How could you have heard if there was no one to tell you? You know, there's a lot of people that in their heart, their heart is ready to believe in Jesus. And all it will take is someone to just tell them, that he exists. To tell them that he is real. That Jesus is more than just a swear word. That Jesus is more than just a, a mythical figure. But he really lived on this earth. He really did die for our sins. That it's real and it can change your life. We, believe, we heard about Jesus and then we believed And that brought us to salvation. How could we have believed if we had never heard? And if there was no one to tell us. Paul asked the same question that we read in the very beginning. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? You see, this problem of being sent is something that Jesus took care of in the very beginning when he said, go. You see, when we receive that commandment and that commandment wasn't just to all the disciples, but it's to every one of us. It's to everyone who believes in Jesus, the commandment of go. Get out from where you're at. Get out from where you're sitting. Get out from your comfort zone and go. You see, for each of us, the place that we can go to may not be the same. I feel like God has called me to Japan. But not all of us are called to Japan, or else, if we were all called to Japan, then who's going to be called to Richland? Who's going to be called to Kennewick? Who's going to be called to Washington? But you see, God has a call and a command for each one of us to go. Your command, the call of God for you to go, may be to walk across the street to the neighbor that you greet every morning. To go and say, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, this thing is real. Are you ready for eternity? Amen. The call may be to go to your next door neighbor. It may be to go to one of your teachers in school. Or to one of your students if you're the teacher. It may be to go to coworkers. It may be to stop and talk to somebody for a minute when you're in line at the grocery store. It may be to go to another city that has not been reached. And it may even be to go to another country. The important thing is not where we are called to. But that we obey the call that Jesus has given us. You know, the meaning of life. People always question this. What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of my life? The purpose of life, the meaning of life. And the only thing that will really matter in the end is whether we know God and we have a relationship with him or not. It won't matter how much money you made or how much money you didn't make. It won't yes. matter how famous you were or how famous you weren't. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really matters yes. is do you know Jesus? Yes. Yes. Everything else fades away. The things that are so important in our lives become completely meaningless in that moment. That's right. oh. There was a crowd that gathered themselves together and they heard Peter preach on the day of Pentecost. And in the end, it was Peter's first time to preach the gospel. And so he didn't even tell them what they needed to do. He left it up to them and they said, "Okay, well, that was a great sermon, Peter. But what do we need to do? And it was at that point that he told them, repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of sins. And you shall. You shall. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The first question this morning is. Have you obeyed the gospel? Because until we've obeyed the gospel for ourselves. That command to go. That call for us to reach out to others. Doesn't apply to us. If you have not obeyed the gospel for yourself, you need to obey the gospel for yourself. Come on, come on. There's nothing else more important. There is nothing more important on your calendar, even if it may be a wedding. There is nothing more important on your calendar than to obey the gospel. Amen, amen. But if we have obeyed the gospel, now it's our turn. It's our turn to take what we have been given and to Share it with others. Jesus told his disciples, Freely ye have received. Now it's your turn to freely give. Amen. Where do we go? Where do we go? God has called me and Corey to go to Japan. And as I mentioned, I didn't necessarily choose it. My future father and mother-in-law might feel like, well, well, why don't you choose Washington? And I would love to. I've really fallen in love with this beautiful state. And uh, is there anybody here from the west side? I like the east side better. I did not want to offend anybody, but it's the truth and I got to say it. Amen. <laughs> But we don't choose where we're called to. God calls us and tells us where to go. You know, sometimes God calls us, but we need a little bit of extra help to get there. Sometimes we don't know exactly the way to get there and it becomes a team effort. Some of us may want to go, but God hasn't called us there or because of circumstances. We're not able to go, but we can help others fulfill what God has called them to do. Right. Right. And the beautiful thing about it all is that we are part of a body.
0: Come on. That's right. Amen,
2: amen. amen. We're part of a body. You, you know, if I go out for a jog, my, my, my belly button isn't doing much to help out.
1: <laughs>
2: but when we get there and when we cross the goal line and we accomplish the mission, my belly button wins the race with well, it, wins, probably not, but you know, crosses that goal line just as much as my legs that did all the work. We are a body and God has called us as a body Amen. to work together in unison Amen. to reach the world. Hallelujah. It's God's call and his command for us to reach Richland, to reach Washington, to reach America and to reach the world. It's a group effort. It's a team effort. And in the end, God gets the glory Amen. through Amen. all of us. Hallelujah. If you can put those other pictures up. Every person in this picture, except for me and the American brother standing on my left and one of the sisters. Every other person in this picture is a first generation Pentecostal.
1: Great. Wow.
2: The first generation Pentecostal. The man standing to my right is Brother Yokoyama. He is our northern regional presbyter. And he received the Holy Ghost, not in Japan, but in Lewiston, Idaho. I told you it's a group effort. He was in college in Lewiston, Idaho. And he was so depressed and he was thinking of taking his own life. But God reached out to him. And revealed himself to Brother Yokoyama. And showed him there is a God. And he walked into a Pentecostal church on a Sunday morning. He had never been in a Christian church of any kind before. He walked into a Pentecostal church on Sunday morning. And during the worship, he felt God's presence. And he said, I knew, I knew there was a God. And he was real. And he cared about me. Brother Yokoyama had grown up as a Buddhist. A very devout Buddhist praying to their idols, but without ever receiving a reply or an answer to his prayers. But as he walked into that service and he felt the presence of God, he began to respond to that presence of God without anybody praying for him or even hearing a sermon during the worship. He began to pray and he received the Holy Ghost before he even heard the message. Now he's back in Japan. Fulfilling the call to reach the nation of Japan. I could go through each one of these people's stories. You couldn't tell that they ever weren't Christians. Amen. The way that God changes us and he transforms our lives. You can never tell what our past may have been. Amen. But this is what it's all about. Each one of these people that at the beginning of their life, it looked like they had no hope of believing In God. Because they didn't have the chance to hear about it. But when provided with the opportunity to hear. They made the same decision that you and I have made. To put our faith in God. And God has saved them. He's called them out of the world. And transformed them. And brought them into his kingdom. If you can go to the next picture. Amen. This picture is what it's all about. You know, God has different ways of reaching each of us. These, uh, they're brothers and sisters, uh, and the little girl on the far left, when she first came, it was as a baby, and she came in her mother's arms, and they came to a a district conference, and everybody was quite nervous when they came because the girl on the left was completely bald and had a, a... I'm not sure if it was a feeding tube or what, but it had a tube in, in her nose and she was obviously very ill. The mother told us that she had been diagnosed with cancer and that the doctors said, and she was at the time less than two years old, that the doctors said there really wasn't any hope. I believe at that time she had stage three or four cancer. And you could tell by looking at her that she was very sick. But she, her mother brought her to the front. Not being a Christian of any kind. Without having any faith in Jesus except just that someone had reached out to her. Someone had gone to her and told her, God is a healer and He can touch your daughter. She brought her daughter to the front. We gathered around and prayed for her. And there was no visible change right there in front of us. But when she took her back to the doctor, the doctor said, This girl is cancer free. And you can see... You can see how healthy she is now because there's no problem too big or too small for our God to heal. You know, sometimes we can feel so inadequate. We can think, but God, I know you're telling me to talk to them, but, but I don't know the Bible very well. Or, but, 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 but God, I didn't get to pray this morning and I, I'm not feeling real spiritual right now. Sometimes the excuses for us to not obey that command in the moment can seem so strong and and we can be so fearful. But there's a promise connected with the command with God. There always is with God's commandments. There's always a promise attached. If you can put up Matthew 28 19 one more time. Jesus said, go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You know what that means? Jesus has promised you when you cross the street to go talk to your neighbor,
0: Come
2: on. I'm going with you.
0: Amen.
2: When you go to the next town because I called you to go. Go minister in a church there. You don't have to be afraid because I'm going with you. It doesn't matter if you're going to another country in a place that you've never been in a language that you can't speak with people that you've never met. God will go with you. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if we have a lot to give him or just a little bit. You remember the story of the boy with the five loaves and two fishes? He didn't need to have 10 fishes and 15 loaves. Just what he had was enough. And God multiplied it and fed 5,000 people. It doesn't matter how many fish and loaves you may feel like you have or you may feel like you don't have. Our God is a multiplier. And all that he asks us to do is just give him what we have. What you have is enough. What you have is enough. If you have received the gospel, if you have obeyed the gospel, when God calls you, that should be proof to you that what you have is enough for him to use and for him to work through. Amen. To bring people to salvation. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How shall they call on him? God wants you to have beautiful feet. When you cross the street and you go to your neighbor, you have beautiful feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to open this altar. I don't know what God may be calling you to do. Maybe you're already doing what God has called you to do. Maybe you've felt the call, but you've been fearful. Amen. God is still there. The Bible says that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Meaning, when God calls you to do something, He don't change His mind. Sometimes you may feel like, well, well, well I wasn't brave enough to obey God the last time. That don't matter. He's still calling you. Just because you failed God one time doesn't mean He gives up on you. He never gives up on us. Amen. I'm so thankful for that because I have made mistakes before. I have failed, God, where God told me, hey, you need to go do this. And I thought, God, I'm so afraid. I don't know how I could do this. But his call is still there. He's still calling us to go, go, go. I want to ask you today, where will you go to spread the gospel? Where is God calling you to spread the gospel? Hallelujah. Why don't we all bow our heads and, and talk to the Lord right now? Hallelujah. Let's speak to him from our hearts. Thank you, Jesus, God, that you've extended your last commandment to us again this morning. God, I ask that you would help us to move out from where we are. Move out from the place of comfort, God, and that we would respond to your call for us today to go, to reach, to preach, to give people a chance, an opportunity. To believe. Hallelujah, Jesus. I ask that you would convict our hearts today, O God. Lord, bring conviction to us today. To force us to get up and go. Hallelujah. A sense of discontentment with where we are at. Hallelujah. That we would obey your commandment for us today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Jesus. I want to invite you to come to the front today as a response to the call of God to go. Hallelujah. Talk to God this morning. Talk to God this morning. Put your trust in Him. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Hallelujah ira ma shandar rabasi kiela mosha kiela da hallelujah ira rabasi kiela montaraba shiki ya la
1: nasaba Much, Hallelujah! The pastor, he's getting ready for the baptismal service. Hallelujah. He did say wanted to announce, and you know this, but we are going to take you on as a partner in missions. <laughs> Amen. And so, um, I guess we'll make the the big declaration on Wednesday, and and uh, if anybody wants to give and be a part of that as a monthly. We would love to have you be part of that. Amen. What an exciting time and to fulfill uh, God's will and purpose. Amen. What a a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. I feel in the Lord. I know we have a baptismal service, but I kind of feel like we should pray if we'd gather around. Amen. Jason and Corey, I know they're not a husband and wife yet, but let's Let's gather and, and we would... Can we pray? Amen. Praise the Lord. Brethren, come up here. Right now, sisters, let's lay hands on this couple. Oh, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the great work that you're doing, Lord. God, I pray your hand be upon them, oh Lord. Call that you would prosper them, Lord. Amen. Lord God, that you would bless them with good health, Lord God. Amen. That you would go forth... God, that you would confirm their ministry with signs and wonders, O oh Lord. Call that healing power would go forth from them, O oh Lord Jesus. Call that you would fill people with the Holy Spirit as they minister, O oh Lord God. Oh Lord, bless them and all that they do, oh Lord God. I pray, Lord, let a pace of peace be upon them, oh Lord God. A spirit of thanksgiving, oh Lord Jesus. Wherever they go, oh Lord God, let your hand of protection be upon them. Bless them, oh Lord God. Keep them, oh Lord Jesus. Prosper and bless their ministry, oh Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, oh, thank you for this beautiful young couple. Oh, Lord, God, their heart's set upon you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Amen. We appreciate and Love you both very dearly. Amen. Praise God. We will we'll pray and be dismissed, and we'll head in there to the fellowship hall. Four, amen baptismal service heavenly father thank you lord god for your rich mercy and grace that you've shed upon all of us here today lord god I pray that we would celebrate this day as a day of renewal and beginning lord we're so thankful and I pray that you would just let your hand of protection be upon us amen. keep us safe lord god until the next time that we gather together in your name we give you all the glory In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.